Welcome to Crowdfunding Uncut. This is the place where incredible project creators show you how they launch their products online using the world's largest crowdfunding engines, such as Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. This is episode 42 and you're listening to Crowdfunding Uncut. Today we have a special one for you. Well, I guess I'm always saying that, but a good friend, Peter Shankman, who is the founder of Harrow, a site called Help a Reporter Out, which helps match journalists to stories. And this thing blew up a few years ago. And since he's moved on to, to become an angel investor, best-selling author of books, including Zombie Loyalist, Triathlete, and many, many, many other things. And today, Peter is one of the reasons that he created such an amazing business is he created it around what his customers wanted. So I'm really excited to have Peter on the show just to talk about where we're losing sight of like, when should we really start pumping money into advertising for our company? Is it to build our audience or should we be speaking to our audience first? And I think he brings up a few really great points. So I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, I, you know, I'm just... <laughs> a guy who decided to help some people and got tremendously lucky in the process. I am, uh, you know, what do I do? I started my career at America Online. Um, I have been ADD and ADHD all my life. So for me, it's always been about doing things that excite me because excitement is really the only way you can, uh, you can uh, keep on, on course, you know, if you're ADD. And so years ago, I figured out that I had a real talent for connecting people and I decided to figure out ways to exploit that, um, exploit my talent for good and for revenue and, you know, how can I make a living out of that? So it uh, worked in public relations. It also worked in uh, creating a company called Help a Reporter Out or Harrow, which connected journalists with sources all around the world. Um, and now it works in a handful of ways running a, uh, a mastermind group called Shank Minds, which is a virtual group for entrepreneurs. Um, it helps with running a website called Faster Than Normal, where uh, we focus on ADHD as a gift, not a curse. I've written several books on the customer economy. Uh, I give a lot of talks all around the world. I spend most of my time on a plane. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm very, very fortunate to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'd love because um, someone doesn't just fall into having a list of things that, um, not talents, but, you know, things that you've been involved with. I'd love to go back to how you got started in entrepreneurship and you really putting your name on the map with Harrow years ago and how that got started. Yeah, so I, you know, always talk to people. Um, you know, the person who I pity the most is the guy on the plane next to me. Because unless, unless he fakes his death, I'm going to know pretty much everything about him by the time we land. I'm not annoying in the respect that I don't, I don't tell you my life story. I like to listen to other people's. And so that wound up sort of growing um, uh, a concept in my mind that if I'm good at connecting people, I should be doing more of it. So I used to reach out to journalists and say, hey, you know, I just, I know a lot of people. If I can ever help you out, feel free to reach out. And once you prove yourself that you can do that, journalists really start talking and they start sharing your information and talking to the world. And so within a matter of months, I had reporters calling me from all over the place. Hey, I got your name from so-and-so over at so-and-so. Uh, I understand that you talk to everyone. Uh, I'm looking for someone who knows Nigerian farming. I'm like, okay. You know, and I, got up, I had no idea. So I'm like, right, I got a, it has to be a better way for this. So I built a website, a Facebook page, essentially. And the Facebook page blew up, and that led to uh, 
um, or moving it over to the web and help a reporter was born. And so for me, it was how can I help people and as a benefit get, um, uh, you know, a little well known, a little more known, which was nice, but totally wasn't expected. Um, I did it to see if I could be nice and help some people. And it wound up becoming just some ridiculous, uh, it just blew the heck up, totally unplanned, just really blew up. So I got very fortunate and, uh, I get to do that now. Long after selling Harrow, I get to really grow and keep doing other things similar. So I'm I'm lucky, having fun. Yeah, having fun is good, as you say. Uh, now, for those who have never heard of Harrow, uh, I know that I've used it with crowdfunding, and I just would like you to give an overview of what exactly Harrow is before we move into more of the audience creation. Harrow's unbelievably simple. It's an email mailing list that goes out three times a day to about 500,000 people. It has queries from about 150 journalists in each email uh, on any topic in the world, from fundraising to crowdsourcing to uh, fashion to sports to hamburgers to you name it, cars, any anything in the world. You read it very quickly. If you can answer any of the queries, you simply reply directly to the reporter. You can get quoted in the press. Everyone wins. It's literally that simple. We, when I was running it, I was sending out three emails a day to a, half, to a quarter million people, three times a day. So one email, three times, let's try that again. Three emails were going out each day to, to 250,000 people, and we had a 79% open rate on each email because, you know, the day you didn't uh, read the email, like a client, you know, a client or you or whatever, a reporter was doing a story on an industry that you're in, and, uh, you know, you didn't get covered. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to keep sending this out, keep helping people. And people just started talking. Oh, my God, you're in that newspaper. How'd you get in there? Oh, I, I use Harrow. You should do it. It's totally free. And, you know, a quarter million people later, uh, the company was acquired. So it's it's one of those things of, you know, I discovered something awesome. I don't know if I can repeat that awesomeness, but it was certainly great while I had it. I think you do in different ways. Because what it's what Harrow and I know you've sold it and you don't have affiliation with that anymore, but what Harrow's allowed you to do is essentially help other companies build audiences online. Yes. And when we go back into crowdfunding, one of the biggest I guess mistakes that project creators will make is they will launch and they just assume that because Kickstarter and Indiegogo already have an audience that they are guaranteed to get financing. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. The biggest part of your success with any product launch is your ability to have an audience. And so I'd love to spend some time talking about how you've helped companies build up audiences and like just that whole thing, right? What, what blows my mind is that people do all these things. They build, um, you know, they, they, they launch Kickstarters, they launch crowdsourcing campaigns, whatever, and even, even launch companies and they don't ever bother to stop and think about um, what their audience wants or who their audience is or how to cater better to their audience. You know, I have a, I'm amazed, always amazed by that because I have um, anything I've ever done, the audience has had to come first. It's just, it's required. The audience simply has to come first. And there are so many times where I've seen companies spend so much money on advertising and marketing and they never bother to talk to their client, talk to their audience, talk to their potential audience. And they, they kill themselves that way. You know, when I ran Harrow, every email that came out, again, 750,000 emails a day. And they were all coming from Peter at Shankman.com. If you had a 
an email, you know, you had a question about the harrow, you needed a response, you just replied, replied to Peter. And so you replied to me. So when Harrow sold, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I love the service. It's great. Um, I trust Peter. I simply asked my audience what they wanted, you know, once a month. I email them, hey, how can we help? What can we do? And just amazing how how many people don't do that. And it's 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 not rocket science. I mean, the first thing I could tell you over anything else is before you start making the videos, before you start anything, talk to your audience. Find out what people want. Find out how to help them get it. Find out you'd be amazed uh, what knowledge you can gain if you simply ask. And so what do you do if you're launching a new brand online and you don't have an audience? There are companies out there and people out there. There are always people out there who want what you have to sell. Okay. Even if they don't know they want it, your job is to find them, talk to them and get them to share as much information as they can. And the fact of the matter is, is that once people do realize that you have something good or that you, you, they want to be involved, they will start talking to you and they will share everything with you and they will become ambassadors for you, you know, and they will go out of their way to share with their friends what you're doing and how much they love it. That's essentially a zombie loyalist. That's, you know, the book I wrote, they, they want to be considered that finder, that person who knows everything. Um, so if you can give them something to share, that's what they want to do. They want to be able to share that with their, with their world. You know, Hannibal Lecter said it best in Sounds of the Lambs. He said, we covet what we know. So what can you do to find a few people, give them the information about what you're doing, share the interesting stuff, get them hooked, and then they will share it automatically. How do you create that? And the simple way starts with talking to your audience. Here's what I'm building. Here's why I think you'll like it. Can I get some feedback? That's it. Yeah, and I find a really good starting point for that is our online forums. Reddit's great with their Oh, no question about it. And... You know, don't but don't go in selling. Really go in truly asking. Yeah, I find too that entrepreneurs who are even at just the idea stage is they don't have a product, but they what they will do is they will go into a forum like Reddit and if they want to create the next best tech product, you have to know roughly what you want to do and then start talking to people about the current limitations in that market. And you know what? I'll take it a step further. People say, oh, I don't want to share my, you know, what if I share it and someone steals it? You know what? Deal with it. Yeah. Everything out there has already been stolen at least once. If it's good, it'll sell. So just go out there, share it. I, I, I don't even sign NDAs anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm partial to that too. But it's true because, I mean, if someone comes to you with an idea, uh, you're busy with your own stuff. Why are you going <laughs> to like steal it just to go build this other thing? Exactly. Right? So, yeah, cool. So in terms of... um having an audience another thing too around launches is how people interact with your brand online and that's where we get more into pr and media and getting people to tell your story i'd love to know in your opinion is there any such difference between good press and bad press <clears throat> so there is the 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 you know you always want good press everyone who says oh you know any kind of press is great um 
right now there are a lot of people in Spain and in Panama, um, if you're following the Panama Papers, who are really not too happy about the press that's currently talking about them. So there is bad press. Um, you want to be um, out there making sure that your brand and the stuff that people are talking about is positive. And the number one way to do that is to put out great stuff. You know, I'm always amazed when people say, oh, you know, uh, I totally blame Twitter, you know, for, for someone posted that tweet about me or posted that photo on Twitter and now, and now I company, my life is, well, whatever photo they had, maybe you shouldn't have been doing stupid shit when they did it. You know, it's like you always see people who get drunk or get wasted or whatever and they're like, oh, well, you know, I, stuff went out of social media. That's, you know, social media's fault. No, it's, it's kind of your fault. So, you know, focus on essentially putting out, and it's going to sound hippy-dippy, but focusing on, focus on putting out good stuff in the world, and you will have a tremendous response. You just have to do it. Yeah, and I find, too, that's a lot of the bad press that, uh, I don't know how much you follow press on crowdfunding campaigns, but the you might get covered because your product is great and it's innovative, but then the second thing happens when you are not transparent about exactly. some aspect of your product. Just own it. You know, if you have time, if you're going to screw up with the case, just own it. You know, understand that you're going to make mistakes. No one's going to have a problem with that as long as you're there uh, owning it. People don't, people don't necessarily need – they're not going to bitch you out because you're screwed up. They're going to bitch you out because you didn't – own it or you tried to fake it or lie yeah and that's a great way to avoid bad press is to be transparent just get on top of it you know it's really hard to make it's really hard to have bad press if you're on top of it to begin with right if you own the situation and say you know what we screwed up and here's what we're gonna do to fix it it's really hard to 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 trust me there's not gonna be a lot of bad press as long as you're as long as you're on top of it first yeah can't agree more so Going back to zombie loyalists, I'm just fascinated by the because building an audience is very similar to validating your idea. It's confirming that what you have is something that people want. Mm-hmm. Now, are there any um, differences in your mind between someone validating an idea and building an audience? You want to have an idea validated by people who are actually beneficial to the idea, preferably people who don't know you, right? You don't want people, oh, yeah, that's a great idea because you're my best friend. You know, I, I, I surround myself by people who are dead honest with me and will tell me if I suck mm-hmm. or if my ideas suck. You know, I want to know what I'm doing is valuable. I want to know it's going to help people. I don't want to know, oh, it's a cool idea because you're Peter Shankman. I want to know it's a good idea because people say, oh, wow, I totally see myself using that. You know, Warren Buffett invests in companies that he uses. Invest in companies that benefit his life. How can you do that? That's really the answer. What can you do to do the same thing? Yeah, awesome. And there are two ways to um, get product feedback. In my mind, you can bring this idea to your friends and get information, or you could bring it to mass audience and get feedback. I prefer, not necessarily friends per se, but I prefer bringing it to people who are... um, important enough in my world that they're not going to BS me, but they're also going to give me um, value, right? They're going to tell me the truth and they're going to say, you know, and they're not going to be afraid to say, you know what, dude, this idea is bullshit. This idea sucks. You know, be honest and tell me what matters the most. That's what I want to hear. I'll take that a million times over anything else. Yeah. And uh, 
is right now in this point in your life, you are, I assume you're an angel investor. And I am. You work with um, multiple companies. What would you say is the biggest mistake companies would make outside of not communicating with their audience? I think one of the biggest problems is that companies, um, they assume they know better than the audience. Uh, but, you know, also the, the fact that they don't do their homework. You know, I, I, I remember a company <clears throat> came to me looking for money and they, they were pitching me on a new product uh, that, that worked with the GoPro camera. And they came to me and, and I thought, okay, cool. They know I'm a skydiver. That's why they're coming in. They, no, they came to me and they said um, – they actually brought a GoPro and they say, hey, not, familiar, not sure if you're familiar with GoPro cameras, but they're these cameras that all the you know, extreme sports athletes are using. Well, the simplest, simplest, simplest Google search in the world, if you Googled Peter Shankman and GoPro, would have told you that not only do I own like you know, 50 of them, but I was the first skydiver to ever jump with one in the world. Okay, oh, and that video is right on my website and like I've written posts about it and I'm friends with Nicholas Woodman, the CEO. It's like, come on. Uh, like I would have invested in their company had they just done the most basic of homework. But it's like that point I'm like, dude, get out. Because how the hell can I trust you to actually run this company well if you can't even so much as like, you know, do your most basic of homework? Oh man. That's killed like it's killed me. 101. Oh my god. I was I was blown away. Oh man. I was uh, I was at a talk here in Toronto and Sol Orwell was talking about this concept of of being relevant to the person you're speaking to in your email. Um, and he was saying, for example, if you really want to, this is very technical and a good way to go about it, but he showed us how to reverse stalk people through Google images to get to their website, to see what these, this person's interest might be. Right. And then from that, you can go back and at as basic level, it's like, if you're in Australia and you're signing up for a webinar, I'm sure the Aussies are really sick of signing up for webinars in Easter Standard Time or Pacific Time. So in order to create more engagement, if you just change the time of the webinar to state their local time in Sydney, you have their attention. Yep. Rocket science, right? Right? It's like, come on. How hard is this? Yeah. But then that's it's, – it's crazy because I find that a lot of people are very self-focused on, okay, well, what would I want to see if I'm going to – design this product or what would I want as a cool new feature? It's like, yeah. you really have to flip it around into this concept of what is in it for me and why your audience should care and think of it from their perspective. Yeah. It just blows my mind though, because again, you know, they don't think and, and they just, you know, right now the person who thinks I'm the most awesome person in the world is always will be and continue to be a mother. Right? Yeah. It's not my kid. It's you know, my kid's gonna hate me. My kid's three years old, right? So right now I'm awesome to my kid, but I'm sure that in four years I'm not gonna be awesome to my kid anymore. So my mom thinks I'm awesome. She always will, right? Yeah. But that's it. So don't tell me, you know, that you went and asked your mom about this product and didn't talk to anyone else. You know, I won't hire anyone who's not failed before. Mm-hmm. I need you to fail. It's so ridiculously important how much I need you to fail. Because if you're not failing, still have you? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. If you're not failing, then I you haven't learned anything and I need to know what you've learned before I hire you. Yeah, because you don't learn by reading a book. <laughs> you don't learn by reading I'm a sorry, book and you don't learn by success. Yeah. You, your best learning experiences come from your failures. Yeah, I agree. Because I find like 
there's a lot of um, like Kickstarter gurus online that have their claim to success is their one successful campaign. It's like, well, have you seen really what it takes to make a campaign fail? Yep. No, you haven't. You just got a cakewalk. And that's the thing. It's like, give me something. Show me that you're. Show me that you have screwed up. I really want to know how much you've screwed up because, and and more importantly, like I said, what you've learned from it. Yeah. What kind of companies do you usually get involved in, then? So I am a ridiculous fan of non-sexy companies. So what does that mean? I am an investor in an, an online HR platform that works in the cloud. Okay. Okay. Because there's always going to be a need for HR. Everyone wants to invest in the new Uber. I get that. But you know what's more important than the new Uber? You're never going to see a company that grows that does not need HR. So it's sort of like you could bet on one company or you could bet on something that every winning company is going to need. Right. So, so I'm, I'm a fan okay. of the non-sexy stuff. So I'm an, I'm an angel investor in the company's called Namely. They're doing phenomenally well. Right. Um, I'm an angel investor in, um, uh, or I'm an investor in a board member of Scotty Vest, which is tra- technology-enabled travel clothing. Um, because the more you know, and think about what problems are these companies solving. Well, for Scotty Vest, you know, you could bring what now, like half. I think you could bring like half a sandwich bag uh, of luggage onto your plane without being charged for it, right? <laughs> yeah. So you know. Uh, Scotty Vest is essentially an entire uh, suitcase on your on your back in your jacket. It is so amazing. I, yeah, yeah. So I wear that, and you know that's a whole thing extra I could bring on the plane. So there's as airplanes try and squeeze you more, there's going to be a need for that. So it's those kind of things that I look for. Um, you know, everyone says, "Oh, you really want to have sexy? You need sexy." I'm like, let me tell you something. You know, a hundred times return on my investment. That's sexy enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I just remember you at Tropical Think Tank. You stood up with the Scotty jacket on and you're like, you basically had everything but the kitchen sink in this thing. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> so I love that stuff. You know, again, it's, yeah. you know, find those things that you, that you believe in, find those things that you use, find those things that make your life easier. Those are the things you want to invest in. And so if you're creating a crowdfunding campaign, answer the obvious question to your potential audience, which is how is what I'm creating going to make your life easier? I love that because that one question, everything trickles down from there, from your messaging to how you associate with affiliates, with, with everything. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's great. And um, what I'd love to get to now, I really, I really love your project faster than normal. And I, I feel that a lot of people, even these days, even if you're undiagnosed ADHD, but could really benefit from knowing how to cope with that, but not even cope, but make it a an added advantage over like anyone else that is normal, I guess. Why did you start that project? And like, what are some things that you focus on with that? I am a belief that I'm of the belief that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that having ADHD is a gift, not a curse. And I think there are too many people out there who for whatever reason, are told that ADHD is a problem. And I'm out there to tell people that it's a benefit. So for me, it's really all about um, uh, explaining to people that ADHD is having it as a benefit and you want to take advantage of it. You know, it's like driving a Lamborghini. I have a, Dr. Uh, Ned Hallowell has written a bunch of books on ADHD and he always says it's, it's like driving a Lamborghini with uh, Honda brakes, mm-hmm. right? You need better, you just have to understand how to drive the car better. And so if you could do that, then you're doing great. 
the key for me is to be able to understand how my uh, brain works and use my benefit, use the, use the, the um, gifts that I'm given of the faster brain to help me. What are some tools that you found are very helpful with using it to your advantage? Well, for me, one of the one of the definite most easiest ones uh, to deal with are uh, understanding that there are certain things I can and cannot do. There's a great line in the movie War Games: "The only winning move is not to play." Um, I know that for me, my ADHD uh, is very very close to addictive personality. Countless people have said that, so and countless studies have backed it up. So for me. Um, uh, you know, not drinking is easy. It removes it removes from the equation anything I could do stupidly, right? So you want to be able to avoid that. So that's what I do. Um, you know, what else can you do that allows you to um, utilize your brain and the best time you have? So for me, I can... Um, I know, for instance, that the only way I'm actually going to get something done is if someone gives me a deadline. Okay, soon, as in, oh, just get it to me whenever, is not an actuality. So for me, it's very important that if someone says, hey, I have this project, can you do this project? I'm like, sure. When do you need it? They have to give me a deadline. I need it Thursday by 2. Great. I will make sure I have it Thursday by 2. If you tell me that you need it whenever, I guarantee you you're not going to get it. (laughs) Yeah. I find that it's... Be paying special attention to how you work, as you said, your brain, and policing yourself to consistently be able to deliver what you need to because you set regulations and rules around your lifestyle. Exactly. Exactly. And you need to make sure that, um, again, you're doing that for the right reasons. You know, there's a reason I, if I have to give a speech in Vegas, I'm only there for eight hours because nothing good comes from my being in Vegas with nothing to do for 24 hours. I guarantee you that. Oh, you know what? The uh, one of I think the f- my most favorite stories I've ever heard is what why you book plane rides to mm-hmm. Tokyo. Do you want to? Could you get into that story? It's very simple. I book plane rides to Asia because that's how I write the best. So my last book, uh, the Zombie Loyalist, I wrote that on a plane. I had eight months to write it. I did the, all the research the first month and then did nothing for six months. And then with uh, two weeks left, my publisher calls me and says, hey, your book's due. I'm like, yeah, of course it is. And I booked a flight to Tokyo. I wrote chapters one through five on the flight out. Landed in Tokyo, went to the lounge, um, had a coffee, took a shower, got back on the same plane, same seat, two hours later. Um, went, uh, flew back home, wrote chapter six through ten, landed 31 hours after I took off with the book, but it worked. Sounds crazy, but it totally worked. Why do you do that? Because when I'm on a plane, I have no distractions. There's no internet. There's no, there's no one. There's, my kid isn't saying, "Hey, play with me." My cat isn't jumping on my lap. There's no TV. There's just me with a laptop, and I can get in the zone. When you're in the zone, amazing things can happen. But you can get knocked out of the zone very easily. So you have to make sure you're constantly staying in the zone. Yeah. After a few of these conversations with you, I realize what I need to do to stay in the zone. And I even have um, I'm getting on the phone with Nicole Keating after this to talk about rituals and why it's so important to have a certain way you work and and control that no doubt so huge so So huge yeah it's self-discovery whatever (laughs) it is but it but it works and you have to you know there's nothing wrong with learning that because that's how you are able to just do better yeah i love it it's all about performance i've never you know tell me that you're learning about yourself 
and I'll back you the whole way because it means you're going to become a better person. Yeah, and accomplish everything you want to. So Exactly. Peter, this has been awesome. Um, do you have any famous last words before we wrap it up? Best advice I ever got in my life was a old skydiver when I first started jumping who told me, I was bitching about the fact that like my friends who didn't jump didn't understand why I did it and blah, blah, blah. And, and um, the guy said something brilliant to me. He said, uh, he said, Peter, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. And hmm. I've kept that in my head for about 15 years. If you are surrounded by people who are not benefiting you, find new people. Great. Well, um, where can people go to find out more information about your work and, and what you do? So my life is at shankman.com, but you can also find me at uh, – the, the, I run a mastermind at shankminds.com. Oh, cool. And uh, fasterthannormal.com is the ADHD website with a great podcast that I recommend you subscribe to. Yeah, Peter. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Pleasure was mine, Kristen. Anytime you should have me back. And obviously I'm going to have the Shankman back on the show. Anyways, this has been a really awesome episode. Again, be sure to check out crowdfundinguncut.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list and get a few freebies. And if you just want to connect with other project creators, be sure to check out our private Facebook group. It's Crowdfunding Domination. You can find that just by searching on Facebook. And uh, next week we have a really awesome guest, uh, Domas Balaclavas, who helped raise over a million dollars for a leading watch campaign on Kickstarter. So he's just going to be diving into his strategy. So make sure you hang around for that. Okay, cheers. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launchpad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launchpad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launchpad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.